Welcome back to the Dual Sense Podcast. This is episode two. I am your co-host, Jason. I'm joined by Travis. Travis, how's it going today? Uh, it's going a little right, but it's okay. Well, I'll tell you what, it's not such a good day for me because we found out today that Tenet, the new Christopher Nolan movie, has been delayed yet again into August. So uh, oh. at, this, at this point, I don't think the movie is ever going to come out. Uh, mm-hmm. they, del- they delayed today because of COVID-19, you know, spiking here in the U.S. So uh, the pace we're going, it's just going to keep doing that. And so I assume that the movie is never going to come out. So. It's the film version of Cyberpunk. Um, do you think we'll get Cyberpunk or Tenet first? <laughs> Honestly, that's a legitimate question at this point. I'm really not sure. Uh, I want to have Tenet first. I would too. I want to say tenant. I want to say tenant, but here's the catch. Tenant requires you to be around other people in a movie theater because Christopher Nolan wants the movie to be seen in theaters and he doesn't want to release it on demand because that's not his vision for the film. Yeah, naturally. Yeah. I would say most filmmakers are like that. Yeah. Exactly. So hopefully things will calm down and the movie will actually come out in August and we'll get to go see it. And our lazy, and our lazy boys at the theater. Yeah, right beside each other. We can lean back and fall asleep. That's right. So this is a, a weekly PlayStation podcast where Travis and I dedicate an episode each week to discussing all things PlayStation, except for PlayStation VR, because neither of us own it and neither of us really care about it. Would you say that's fair? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And we also don't have like the balanced uh, cortex for it. So, you know. No exactly. reason to vomit and throw up and feel sick all day. Yeah, I just want to play games with my controller. I don't I don't need them to give me a migraine. Yeah, I'm doing it to get away from real life. I don't want to feel like I'm in Silent Hill. <laughs> You'd shit your pants if you were in a Silent Hill VR game. <laughs> Absolutely. So if you uh, guys like what you hear, again, this is episode two. If you enjoy the podcast, we would ask you that you please subscribe, rate us, and share us with your friends. And we're on several podcasting platforms currently uh, with more to come. We're just waiting for a podcast distributor to get us out on some more platforms, but eventually we'll be on everything. Uh, currently, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, which are two of the biggest ones, and we're on some other smaller ones as well. So, Travis, why don't we get started? Why don't you let uh, talk about what you've been playing this past week? Well, I've been getting my brains pushed in on Call of Duty per usual. Uh, I'm good for one good game a night. Um, although we've been playing the gun game, which has been a blast, even though I come in 7th or 8th almost every single time. But I was really, really good at the gun game on previous CODs, and I have not caught up with the curve yet on this one. It is probably my second favorite COD game mode behind uh, Prop Game. Mm. Prop, prop game. game is the best ever. I miss prop games so bad from Modern Warfare Remastered, I think it was. Hilarious. I really want them to bring that back, even if it's just a light light post rolling across the map for no reason. Yes. (laughs) And then the kill cams were always excellent. It's it's like a couch chasing behind a guy, (laughs) behind somebody. It's awesome. That's a good time. Um, We finally made it to the uh, championship round of NHL Chell last night and promptly got lost 7-0. Um, and then I think, what are we like 75, 80% on dying light this week? 
I think we're almost done with it. Yeah, we're getting close. Anything else you've been playing? No. I've been playing the baseball clash on my phone, but that's not a PlayStation game. It's not. We can't talk about that here. Just We're going to have to strike that from the record. So I've also been playing Modern Warfare with you guys. Um, like you said, we mixed up the playlist, mix in gun game this week along with our team death. So gun game's a lot of fun, especially on the night maps. Uh, yeah, we did some domination too. Oh yeah, we did some domination. And we tried the weekly playlist that's called Face Off, and it's um, 3v3 oh, game yeah. game modes on the gun game maps, which is actually, it was actually kind of cool. Yeah, and it's then, not bad. It's yeah. quick. It is quick, and like we played domination, I think, and it, it was almost impossible because you're just like right on top of each other. Yeah, so. you keep A and C, and B is just a forever chaos. Yes, so we may have to try that again. Uh, then I've also played Red Dead Online this week. Every day, of course, I got to get my daily challenges. Yeah, uh, how's your update? I love that game. Yeah, so another Tuesday came and gone, and still no announcement of any kind of update from rockstar so i'm just over here putting on my clown makeup still so uh play play dying light uh like you said we're getting close to the end of the story on that but then we'll have to jump into the dlc with the uh doom buggies with the doom buggies and the new map and everything or the new board as we like to call it the joke NHL with you guys. You guys finally got to the championship after I got off one night, so I guess I'm just the weakest link. I'll just That's right. I'm going to go ahead and head out. Um, <laughs> Keep that clown makeup on. <laughs> I tried Steep the other day, which is a Ubisoft. Um, the hell is that? It's a Ubisoft <laughs> open world um, winter sports game. So you've played the crew too with me for a little bit, remember? Yeah. It's like if you took the crew two and put it in a winter sports game, so like you can switch between snowboarding and skiing and bobsledding and para, uh, paragliding and wingsuiting. And Wait, you, you just, paraglide in the snow? Yeah, you jump that off like awful. Yeah, you jump off like a peak, and then you just you like paraglide. And uh, so I don't. I saw where someone posted a picture of it on Instagram of them wingsuiting down like a mountain, and it looked really sick. So. I remember that it was a PS Plus game from a while back, and I always claimed those. So I was like, you know what? I kind of want to try this. So I downloaded it. I played it for like a half hour the other night, and it's it's really cool. It's just a game you just get on and mess around on. You don't really have to, like, you can just turn your brain off and play, yeah. and you don't have to worry about it. And just just glide fun. right into a mountain. Look, I, honey. Look, honey. Dead. <laughs> I glad, I'm going to tell you right now. I did a wingsuit into a couple of rock formations. I also... <laughs> <laughs> also when you snowboard you can get going so fast sometimes that like you'll just hit like a small incline and you'll just go flying in the air and you'll just lose control and i smacked into a couple of rock formations awesome that, that way too so uh yeah but it's fun it's a cool game and then of course the big one for me is the last of us part two so uh played i didn't get to play a whole lot of it this week um probably six hours or so into it uh, yeah. played, a, played a little bit before we started the pod just now. I plan on playing at least a decent chunk this weekend, so hoping to get a third or more of the way through it. We got two friends weekend. that have already beat it, right? And I think one of them has the platinum. <sighs> yeah, he got the platinum, which is ridiculous. He had to play. I think he told me he had to play it one and a half times. You know, because you have to. 
yeah, yeah. He, he had to do the new game plus to go back and level up or d- get all the, everything fully upgraded. So I'm not going to get the platinum. I'm just going to play it and, and enjoy it, but it's an incredible game. And, uh, it's one of those games that, um, it's a can't miss. So you should, you should sack up and you should play it. Okay. Well, it, I don't know. I don't know about all that. By the way, do you want to tell people how many, uh, platinums that our, our buddy has, uh yeah, so you told me today that he has ninety six platinum trophies. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I don't even know what to make of that. Yeah, I, so John really needs to be on this podcast with us, but he doesn't. He'll never do it. Um, <laughs> but it can, because he's out of the three of us, he's the biggest nerd. I'm the next biggest, and the, yeah. you're you're third. So John has ninety six. I have like four or five, and I love games and. I beat a lot of games, but I don't. I don't platinum a lot of games. You have zero platinum trophies, like we mentioned last time, and we've got to fix that. We need you to be a real gamer. I think I'm going to keep it at zero. It's part of my identity. Like you can't fake who you are. <laughs> it's part of your lore, right? <laughs> yeah. If I get if I get one, it'll be a stupid hour long game that I spent two ninety nine on just just to say I have one. Yeah, you don't want to do the I am bread thing. In- <laughs> yeah. So let's get into the news this week. Uh, quite a bit of uh, news actually this week um, in the in the world of PlayStation and in games in general. So number one here is a big one, and it's an interesting one. So this week, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration greenlit the first video game to be used as a treatment for ADHD, and in their announcement, they said, "quote We have greenlit the first game based." digital therapeutic device to improve attention function in children with ADHD. The prescription only game based device called Endeavor RX is for children ages eight to 12 years old who suffer from ADHD. And what this, I watched, I watched the trailer for this. Uh, there was like a 60 second trailer that uh, they put out with this. And it was, it kind of reminded me of like crash bandicoot almost like, Mm-hmm. it's kind of you move through like a linear world and it, you have objectives and then the kids have to like pick certain things, but not this color thing. And so you can tell where it was kind of, you know, therapeutic. So this is the first game ever that the FDA, the U S FDA has approved for use as a treatment for any kind of ailment or disease. And it'll allow, it will allow doctors to prescribe the iPhone and iPad game that I just mentioned to patients. And then, uh, so the way it works is they sign up on a wait list, which is now available for any interested families to sign up at getendeavor.com. So pretty neat. We now have uh, video games as a treatment for illnesses. Um, after all these years of people saying that it's an addiction. So what do you think about this? Well, I mean, they use cocaine as a, as, <laughs> as a treatment. And now it's an addiction. <laughs> so we're going in reverse with this though. I thought, I've read studies before that have said that it's proven that games um, improve your cognitive decision-making or the speed of your cognitive decision-making, your ability to to focus, your ability to make decisions, all that fun stuff. Um, it's, I don't, um, I guess I'm surprised that they have made their own game. I guess that's the only way they can monetize it is what I feel like. Yeah. It's, I'm wondering if, the studio that made this game, if this is like, this is going to be the, the thing that they do, they just try to That's figure it. out that. Yeah. They try to figure out different ways to make games that 
you know, can treat different uh, illnesses or not illnesses, but personality disorders or whatever, like ADHD, you know, it's, it's, that's obviously more, it's not a physical uh, ailment, I wouldn't say, but um, it's, it's curious. It's kind of cool. So, and you know, how it is in the U S it's for something like this to be basically approved as a medicine is, is really unique. So, yeah. And then we know that like board games, puzzle games those type of games can improve or help people with like alzheimer's or people who are just forgetful in general yeah Uh, we already know that so this is kind of an extension of that um and i could say from personal experience gaming does help with just general anxiety sometimes if i'm if i'm anxious and i could just sit down and play a game and just the act of focusing on beating this level or getting through uh this game of 2k or whatever can can kind of re balance my brain chemistry out and kind of focus my my pretty kind of pinpointed if that makes sense so I can deal with it so I mean that'll probably never get uh, passed by the FDA but from my experience it works on that level so it should definitely work on other levels yeah that makes sense so number two is a couple of pieces of the last of us part two news this week fans or maybe not fans hard to say created a petition on change.org requesting that the last of us part two storyline be rewritten because it is quote terrible <laughs> at the time of this writing, it had over 12,000 signatures on the, on the petition on change.org. What makes it terrible? So from what I can gather, a lot of people aren't happy with a couple of the big story beats or arcs, um, plot, plot twists and developments. Um, I only know of one of them. That's only how far I am in the game and we won't spoil anything here for anybody, but uh, I do know one specific reason people are upset (laughs) that they think the game is the storyline is trash. Um, And then I know another part of it is that people generally believe that the game is just a, I guess a referendum on social justice warrior stuff. So um, people are kind of crushing it for that. Um, you know, I mean, I take it, look, it's, it's a piece of, you know, art, basically. If, um, it's a creation by somebody, it's like, if I went to go read a book, I'm going to know what the book's about generally before I read it. And I'm, it's just somebody's interpretation of something. It's something that they've created in their mind that they put on paper or in a video game or whatever. So, I don't think it's anything to get upset about. It's just somebody's take on something creatively. So, And just because my interpretation of your work might be different than your intention doesn't mean that I'm right. Um, yeah. Unintended consequences don't always require um, an entire rewrite of a game. I mean, is there one for how shitty Anthem is? Right. And they're not, they're not making the game that that we want them to make, they're making the game that they want to make. I mean, yeah, they were, they're the ones that, I mean, it's their work. Um, I'm not going to tell somebody how to make something they've worked on for years. So it's, it's their game. They made it how they wanted to. They wrote the story yeah. they wanted to write. I'm going to go write dice and tell them, I don't like how in battlefield one, all the characters kept dying. Cause it made me sad. <laughs> I'm like, that's part of that. They did that on purpose. So you'd understand how many people died. Like, I, I don't know. I just think it's silly. I bet. And and I do think that if you could split the reviews of The Last of Us 2 into people with agendas and people who just played the game, 
that everybody with an agenda will give it a low score. And everybody who just played the game to play the game probably loves it. Well, in spite of the negativity around the storyline, on Friday, Sony announced that The Last of Us Part Two has sold through 4 million copies in the first three days since launch, making it the fastest-selling PS4 exclusive ever. The game's creative director, Neil Druckmann, also announced that there are no plans for DLC for the game. So it's the best, it's the fastest selling PS4 exclusive ever. They sold 4 million copies basically Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, so it doesn't sound like that the negative feedback on the storyline affected the sales too much. And it's one of the best and biggest PS4 games ever. Maybe that pub was good for him though, brought attention to the game. People probably bought it to play it to see exactly what all the controversy was. That very well could be. A lot of times it is. Uh, and I think it's good that they're, that they're not going to move forward with any kind of DLC on the game. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not that type of game. Like, mm-hmm. you just let them tell the story and let it and then get out of the way kind of thing. Like, we don't need to add on to it. It's not an RPG where you can have these different quests and stuff. Like, it's, it's cool. Just make the... Tell the story, make the make the game, and then piss off. Like, don't ruin it, <laughs> and we're good. So, I have a weird relationship with DLC. I kind of feel like it's similar to movie sequels. Like, do we always need a sequel or DLC? Like, sometimes it's fine the way it is. I don't need a, a new skin or, um, you know. And I'm the type of guy, though, that once I beat a game, I'm not going to go back and play the game because I have a new shotgun. Right. Yeah, that's not enough of a reason to go all the way back through. So number three is Eurogamer. The website Eurogamer reported this week that Rocksteady Studios is working on a Suicide Squad game for next gen, possibly titled Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, based on website domain names that popped up recently. A a domain name also appeared for GothamKnightsGame.com, which could be what Warner Brothers Montreal is working on. Warner Brothers uh, games is rumored. The Warner Brothers game is rumored to be cross-gen, meaning on the current gen as well as PS5 and the next Xbox. While the Rocksteady Studios Suicide Squad game is rumored to be only next-gen, a truly next-gen game. So this is kind of big news um, because Rocksteady has, uh, I'm sorry, not Rocksteady, but Warner Brothers, and it's, it's hard to keep all these straight. So Rocksteady Studio and Warner Brothers Montreal are both studios under Warner Brothers Games. So Rocksteady Studios are the guys who made the most recent Batman Arkham games. Did you play those games? No, I watched gameplay on the YouTube. Okay. So those guys made those three, that trilogy of games, and then they have apparently now moved on to a Suicide Squad game while... Another studio, Warner Brothers Montreal, allegedly has started develop or been developing a new Batman game. Um, which these so these domain names and these rumors uh, kind of seem to corroborate that. So that's that's kind of exciting. That's um, they've been Warner Brothers has been teasing their new Batman game for a long time now on Twitter, just kind of on and off. So it's kind of time to shit or get off the pot with that one. So people are, people are excited about it. Hopefully we'll hear something soon on that. How do people find these uh, domain names? That's a good question. I really don't know. I guess, I guess people 
it's kind of like somebody on Reddit like goes every Monday and it's like, okay, what what new domain names registered in the past seven days? And you're like, all right, GothamKnightsGame.com. Good lord, you know what I mean? Some, it has to be that, right? Like somebody, mm-hmm. somebody just has to be doing that. Yeah, somebody with ninety six platinums. <laughs> yeah, we need we need to ask John you know, how he does it. Number four is a bit of Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven news. This week, developer CD Projekt Red announced that current-gen versions will be playable on next-gen consoles at launch, with a full upgrade to next-gen coming in 2021. That Which will be delayed. Most likely. That will be available to download for free for all those playing the old-gen version on the next-gen consoles. The, the game was also recent, recently delayed from its September 17th release date and will now release on November the 19th, presumably around the launch of the PlayStation 5. We also found out uh, this week that they're going to be starting a video series called Night City Wire, and this past week we got the first video in that series where they shown showed some new gameplay. They also announced that they've struck a deal with Netflix for a new anime series um, for Cyberpunk for the Cyberpunk universe that will come out in 2022. And following the stream of Night City Wire this week, gameplay previews went live on various news outlets across the globe. And the consensus of those previews seems to be that the game is ass. And one quote that I saw on Twitter was that it was going to be a game changer in the video game industry. So what do you think about this uh, cluster of news here? Anything stand out? Well, I watched the PlayStation Access video where they were playing the game. And um, it, it, it looked really sweet. I watched the part where they got down and the guy was driving the car a little bit. and um, Oh, so they actually were able to record their gameplay and post it? Yeah, and like they're not actually playing. They're kind of like talking over it. And you could- okay. Just go to PlayStation Access, it's on there, and you can watch them kind of goof off and do whatever. Um, it looks pretty cool. They didn't show you the genital part, which is good, because I don't really need to see that. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it looks cool, but again, it's, I don't know, I'm just, I'm kind of over it right now, because it keeps getting hyped and hyped and hyped, and then they'll delay it. And then we get Keanu Reeves, and then it gets delayed, and then we do this, and it gets delayed. It's like, just wake me up when it's here. So I'm kind of, I'm in a, I'm, I'm, a little bit upset that they delayed it from September, but on the other hand, on the on the PlayStation Five hand, I'm kind of glad that they delayed it till November because now I'm just going to wait until I have the PS Five and I'll just buy it and play it on PS Five, you know, natively on there and not have to have it on PS Four first and all that stuff. So it kind of cleans that part of it up, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I do wish I had it in September. I wish I had it now. We were supposed to already but uh it i've seen some of the clips uh the recent previews and it just looks insane it just looks like there's so much to do and there's just so much going on and like the city is huge and so i'm i know it seems like the yeah but it seems like the npcs actually have a life they're not stuck on a loop yeah, it's kind of like Red Dead Redemption too. Like they were, they would kind of move around, do their own thing. They had their own stories, and you know, they were only certain places, certain times of days, and stuff. And that stuff is so cool. I think. Yeah, exactly. Number five 
Ghost of Tsushima developer Sucker Punch Productions announced on Monday that their upcoming open-world samurai action game, that's a mouthful, has gone gold, meaning that production is now complete and it will move on to mass production. Ghost of Tsushima will launch on July 17th on PlayStation 4. So they're done with the game, Travis, which is good news, and that means that there will be no more delays and all that they're going to work on now probably is a day one update. Um, I think they've already announced something about it being like a seven gig update. So they're just working on bugs and things like that, that they'll patch. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited for this one. This, this game looks awesome. I'm glad that they're done so we can finally start. And I, I just, I love Samurai. And now I get to be one and I get to be a sneaky guy or I can be a traditional honorable guy, which I'm sure I'll do a little bit of both. Like I do on Red Dead where I don't ever, you know, I'm not totally bad, but I'm not totally good. Um, I don't know, I'm just stoked. The, it looks awesome, and I'm excited to play a game without a waypoint. I like how that's completely different. Yeah, that is cool. I like how the little animals will show you stuff. It's kind of cool. It's like, um, if you do any research into the, like this, the samurai and kind of how their culture works, the fact that animals are showing you stuff is pretty awesome. It's pretty spot on. So are you, are you actually, you are you going to get the game? Are you going to play it? Yeah, how many times do I get to be a samurai? Okay, it's you, you're putting it out there in the universe on on the podcast ether, so you can't go back now. Yeah, I'm not worried about being a robot guy with a huge cock like on Cyberpunk. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be a samurai though. We'll worry about the robot guy later if the game ever comes out. It looks so, it looks so awesome, Ghost of Tsushima, and it's going to take me a long time to actually say that right because everything in me wants to say Tsushima, but apparently it's... I'm going to say it wrong forever. <laughs> You like to say Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, it's Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> but it is Ghost of Tsushima. Hmm. Number six, Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time. <laughs> Great title. Cheeky was name. A, yeah, was announced on Monday. It is a proper sequel to the original trilogy, and it's coming to PS4 on October the 2nd. Uh, are you excited about this one? Why did it take them two generations for this? That's a great I don't understand. I think, I feel like they did the because they remastered the trilogy and yeah. released it you know uh maybe a year ago right that was did a test kind of yeah and i think that was kind of like all right well let's see if anybody gives a shit about this and if it sells well and people like it then all right we'll go ahead and we'll go full bore on a proper sequel to the trilogy so i watched mm-hmm. i watched the trailer of it it had some gameplay in it it looks cool um i'm kind of out of the crash bandicoot like I played all the original trilogy games. That was one of the first games I had on the original PlayStation. So yeah, for sure. Um, there's definitely a spot in my heart for it nostalgically, but I don't know that if I don't, I'm not sure that I want to play this game. But what do you think about it? I mean, I crushed it when I was a kid. I don't, yeah. the, the thing is, I don't, it just depends what else is out when it, whenever it finally arrives. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, if there's nothing else to play, I mean, I'm sure it's not like it's going to be a hundred hour game. Theoretically. Yeah, we might, around that time, or pretty close, we might have a new Call of Duty, the rumored Black Ops um, Cold War game or whatever, so it might be a bad time. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it could do worse, though. Number seven, Dirt 5, kind of like Cyberpunk, got the preview cycle this week as well. There are a bunch of videos out there with some gameplay from the previews that the various news outlets and websites did. So from what I saw of it, it had great graphics. There were dynamic weather changes that were really cool. 
one of the videos I saw, it went from um, not snowing to like mm-hmm. a blizzard almost to thunder yep. to thunder snow. And so I thought that was really cool. Um, but it appears that it's also no longer a sim racer. And from what uh, they're kind of putting out there and what I'm reading, they're going to focus on the Dirt Rally series subtitle of games as the the hardcore simulation rally game and they're going to treat the just the dirt uh you know numeric series dirt five dirt six whatever as kind of a more Mm arcadey um series of the game so what what, did you watch any of the preview coverage or see any of the of the videos of the game what did you think oh yeah i'm a i'm a sucker for dynamic weather in any game doesn't matter be racing game it could be a, a ghost of Tsushima. i don't care if you, if you can make the sun go up and down and make it rain randomly i think it's awesome i love that i never thought we'd be able to do that yeah i thought this game looks really cool like i was interested from the the first reveal trailer that they did or whatever like i was like okay this looks kind of cool because i like it kind of reminded me of the crew I was yeah. like, well, this looks neat. And then after seeing like the actual gameplay this week, yeah, I was like, all right, I think I might be in. Yeah, <laughs> it's got a it's got a little Forza in it, and there's mm-hmm. a million different cars you can do, and and it's like you said, it's not really a sim anymore, so the physics are a little more um, forgiving. And there's certain racing games that you don't uh, want to drive with a wheel because um, you're just at a disadvantage. And mm-hmm. usually, the more arcadey games are the ones that are just they're made for a gamepad. And this is one of those. Like if you're doing um, you know, dirt rally on the controller, like you're at a disadvantage. It's harder to be quick on a controller in that type of game than it is on a wheel. And it's, it's the vice versa and this kind of thing, because otherwise just the way the physics are and the way the game is set up, but it's good that they're doing two different things, I think, because it gives both games or both series time to breathe in between each other. And you're not putting one out right after the other. And I think that's kind of, that's good for any kind of game. I think studio in general, like I think that would even be good for call of duty if they had a completely different thing they did every other year. Yeah. I kind of like what, uh, along those lines, I like what Assassin's Creed has done. So we're not getting Assassin's Creed every year anymore because they pretty much burnt everybody out on it. Yeah. And then now we get it every couple of years, which I think is perfect. So, I mean, that's, they've, they've figured, they figured that out. Thank God. That's the perfect way to do it. Just give us an Assassin's Creed game every couple of years I, like you said, I wish Call of Duty would do the same thing with because Modern Warfare is awesome. I could play it until you know twenty fall of twenty twenty one and be and be fine. Like, we're getting fifty gigabyte updates anyway. Exactly. So, <laughs> so I, I I do agree with you. It's cool that Dirt Five is kind of it seems like going to do that same thing where maybe every other year they they may have a Dirt game out every year, but one year it's Dirt Rally. Probably not. That's probably not realistic on next gen. But every couple of years we'll have a you know mm-hmm. a game one. Every two years from now, it's Rally, and then the next two two years later, it's Dirt 6. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, it looks really fun. Number eight, Ubisoft announced on Wednesday that Assassin's Creed Valhalla creative director Ashraf Ismail, I hope I said his name right, probably not, is stepping down from the project to take a leave of absence. Ismail was accused recently of cheating on his wife and sexual misconduct. This comes on the back of sexual misconduct allegations popping up around the gaming industry lately as fellow industry veteran Chris Avellone, I hope I said his name right, uh, who worked on games like Fallout New Vegas and the upcoming Dying Light 2, was the subject of allegations last weekend as well. Since 
this news came to light, Ubisoft has launched a deeper investigation of allegations within the company beyond just Ashraf Ishmael. So this is uh, maybe a little bit concerning because the game Assassin's Creed Valhalla is supposed to come out this fall. I'm assuming probably in October, like they usually release. Um, and he's the creative director, basically the guy managing the project um, on of the whole game. Uh, and so this is concerning that it's so close to launch. However, I will say that at this point they should have all of the story done. Obviously you know, the gameplay should be done being built. Um, it should be content complete. So they should just be testing and kind of polishing and fine tuning at this point, but you still lose, you know, the soul of your project basically. Um, so that's, that's kind of a red flag. But what do you, what do you think about this? Does he make them enough money to keep his job? Uh, yes. So he did Assassin's Creed 4, 4 Black Flag, which is one of the most popular Assassin's Creeds. He did Origins, which is the one in Egypt, which is my favorite. Mm-hmm. And then now he's doing this game. So he's he's done arguably probably the three biggest, three biggest ones. last Assassin's Creed games. Yeah, yeah maybe back three. in August. <laughs> yeah, because they didn't they didn't fire him. They just said he's stepping down from the project. So well, yeah, see, he he cheated on his wife. It's different than, um, you know, texting an underage girl. So I think he has that going for him. Yeah, that's a fair point. So I think that the fact that they, well, they did launch the investigation. So I guess they're going to look into it more. But the fact that unless he cheated on his wife with somebody who with works under member. him, yeah, it was somebody that works under him at Ubisoft. I mean, that's the only thing I can see, but. I'm kind of with you on this. I think he might like disappear for a little while, like maybe even till after the game launches. And then we'll just hear like around Christmas time, like, Oh, uh, Ashraf is back. Like it's not a big deal. We'll just appear on a game one day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number nine and the final news story of the week here, Sony announced on Wednesday that they are teaming up with hacker one to create the PlayStation bug bounty program where users will get paid bounty rewards to discover hacks on the PS4 and the PlayStation Network. Senior Director for Software Engineering Jeff Norton said, Our bug bounty program has rewards for various issues, including critical issues on PS4. Critical vulnerabilities for PS4 have bounties starting at $50,000. The program has been running privately with researchers up until this point, but is now open to the public seemingly what do you think about this This is pretty cool so you can get paid 50,000 large if you find a critical security vulnerability on the ps4 or the network the obvious answer is that we make one and then report it and say we found it (laughs) right we just do this every other week and we'll be golden yes we'll buy all the ps5s yeah we'll buy (laughs) hey man we found all the loopholes and we took care of them for you It's cool. This is cool because obviously they're going to pay people a bunch of money if they find a really critical bug or problem, um, which is awesome. But it's, it's also probably cheaper for them to do it this way than actually have to deal with it on their own. Oh, absolutely. Think about whenever um, I guess it was on the PS3. Remember when the PS3 and like oh, yeah. right right around the time SOCOM launched and everything, and they it was were dead. The, yeah, the PSN was down for like three months or something because they got hacked. How many how many millions do you think they lost on that one compared oh, no. to? 50? Compared to fifty thousand dollars, killed the SOCOM series. We haven't had one since, have we? It, no, we haven't. Um, 
I wish we would. I was hoping they would announce that at the reveal event, but maybe it's still coming one day. I can, a guy can dream. Um, so that is all for the news this week. We'll move on to the new game releases. I've broken it down this week between North America and Europe. Um, I think we do have some listeners in across the pond. So we'll start with North America. And I will say that we did read some of these games last week because last week we had the list from PlayStation directly of games coming out this week. This week, PlayStation did not put out any list of games coming next week. So I had to use PlayStation Lifestyle, a PlayStation website, that had a list of uh, games that were new to the PlayStation store this week. So there's some overlap here. So said to bear with me in North America this week on PlayStation VR coaster comes out on PlayStation four. We get alpha invasion arcade archives, naughty boy. <laughs> Great name. Uh-huh. Assetto Corsa competition, which we definitely read last week. Bowling. Bowling. Great name. <laughs> yeah, just bowling. The Coma 2, Vicious Sisters, Edna and Harvey, The Breakout, Anniversary Edition, The Last of Us Part 2, Little Town Hero, Mad Runner, Namco Museum Archives Volume 1, and Namco Museum Archives Volume 2, Octonaut, which we read last week, Radio Squid, Star Wars Episode 1 Racer, which we also read last week, and finally, in North America this week, Ultra Core. Over in Europe, on PSVR, they're getting Pancake House, <laughs> which we also talked about last week. It's the Pancake Pantry. On PS4, they're getting Alpha Invasion, Arcade Archives, Naughty Boy, Assetto Corsa, Competition, Bowling, The Coma 2, Vicious Sisters, Edna and Harvey, The Breakout, Anniversary Edition, Jump Step Step, The Last of Us Part 2, Mobile or mobile suit Gundam, as they probably say, extreme versus maxi boost on open. What? Yeah, it's uh, open access, so it's a free to play game. (laughs) Yeah, what kind of name it? Why is it all in caps? That's yelling at us. (laughs) Mobile suit Gundam extreme versus maxi boost. Uh, Namco Museum Archives Volume One, Namco Museum Archives Volume Two, Radio Squid. SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated Star Wars Episode 1 Racer A Summer with the Shiba Inu which we talked about last week Yee's Memory of Celsida Uh-huh and that is all for the new game releases this week Now let's move on to our questions comments and concerns segment and I have an interesting one for you today, Travis. Mm-hmm. I saw this today <clears throat> on an email uh, that I get every day. There's sometimes some random thoughts in there. And I saw this one and I was like, hmm, that's a valid point. So if you think about this, there's a better than 0% chance that a mosquito will bite you today, suck your blood, run out, get preserved in amber, be fossilized, dug up sometime in the future, and then someone will take your DNA from the blood and the mosquito and clone you from your DNA hundreds of years from now. How does it feel that you could be, a, a Travis could be walking around hundreds or thousands of years from now? It sounds terrible because I'm not sure I want to be walking around 
a week from now. Um, <laughs> I will, so you're telling me that a million years from now, a highly advanced humanoid version could replicate me and create Travis Park. Mm. Uh, maybe a white guy in a suit with a cane. And... <laughs> And I'd be in a cage. There would be a Chris Pat Pratt-looking guy that could tame me, teach me how to eat stuff, and follow his orders with a clicker. Sounds pretty yes. cool. Yes, and then a guy ruins it all because he drives his Jeep off a muddy <laughs> off a muddy road uh-huh. down a cliff, yeah. down a ravine, and well, it all is all it's all it's all over from there. I hope they cl- I hope they clone Jeff Goldblum so he can be there with me. <laughs> It's it's really really interesting to think about. So I mean, you're, it's like you said, Jurassic, Travis, Jurassic Park, Travis Park. I like Jurassic Park better. What is <laughs> um, what is amber? What is it originally like? Is that sap or is it like maple syrup? I don't know what amber is. That's a that's a good question. It seems like a sap to me, but I don't know what you get amber from. Do you know what you get amber from? Is it like oh the amber tree over there? Like do you know? I have no idea. The only amber I knew was my neighbor and. I don't think anybody wanted to be in her. Let's look this up. And where, where does Amber? I'm gonna go with tree sap. I don't have any other, <clears throat> any other guess. Okay, this is what? Did it take you to the Amber Alert system? No, it took me to something, some jewelry designer thing. Hang Perfect. on. Perfect. Yeah, that's not yeah. what I need. Is it okay. Giovanni Versace? Let's go to let's go to Wikipedia. <clears throat> no, it wasn't Versace. All right. Wikipedia is never wrong, right? Right. Amber is fossilized tree resin, which has been appreciated for its color and natural beauty. Yes, we know. Uh, There are five classes of amber defined on the basis of their chemical constituents. Because it originates as a soft, sticky tree resin, amber sometimes contains animal and plant material as inclusions, which is what we're talking about. Um, So it's just fossilized tree resin. I'm trying to find... What is tree resin? I guess like so like you would tree work. blood <clears throat> yeah so like you would work so I guess like when you cut a tree oak it has to be tree sap right that's I always for, called it sap I don't I've never heard of somebody call it resin I haven't either but that they have to mean sap right so like you cut the tree open you get the sap yeah so it's fossilized hey, on, tree sap while you're on Wikipedia you should look up the amber room the amber room yeah have you heard of the amber room no am I is this gonna be something I might have to scrub my computer for afterwards no it's uh it's a room the Russians had that the Nazis stole in World War two and they never they never could find it. The amber room was a chamber decorated in amber panels backed with gold leaf and mirrors located in the Catherine Palace of yeah I can't say that name near St Petersburg yada, yeah yada yada it dis- the room was dismantled and eventually disappeared during World War two before its loss it was considered an eighth wonder of the world. Mm-hmm. Hand colored photograph of the original Amber Room. Does this have anything to do with that movie that George Clooney is in about the paintings or the Monuments Men? The Monuments Men. Um, <laughs> they weren't specifically looking for that. They were looking for other lost treasures. But uh. the idea is it's on a train car somewhere in a mountain in like Holland or Germany somewhere. They have no idea. But the How idea that it? the Germans, the idea that they broke it up and sold it off is probably not likely. They probably wanted to keep the room intact so Hitler could have it, like at the Eagle's Nest or something. Mm-hmm. How does that happen, though? Like, okay, that was that was ni- that was nineteen, you know, forties, thirties. Like, that's not like it's that a hundred, like five hundred years ago or a thousand years ago. How do you just lose like a train or whatever a truck? Great question. Like, well, how does that happen? 
people say that they um, that the Nazis had dug all these underground tunnels, and when they realized they mm. were going to lose the war, they flooded them. But you never like they never they've never found anything. Uh, the most likely solution is it was it's one of two things is the solution. It was on a train, and it got hit with some sort of artillery or a bomb or something, and it exploded and it destroyed it. Or it's in a private sense. collection, and you'll never hear about it. Right. So it'll just die with whoever yeah. up in the mountain somewhere. Yeah, like, like somebody walked off with it. The war was ending. Rudolf Hess got it and sent it to like his cousin in Bavaria, and that's where it is. Well, now it's time for a request, a requested segment by your yourself. Um, we're going to play a little game called "Explain a Game to Travis." I think it'll be a lot of fun. So what this is gonna, what we're gonna do here is I'm going each week. I'm going to pick a game. Um, I will have played the game most likely, um, and for, I'm going to tell you what the game is first. I'm going to tell you the title, and if there's a subtitle, I'll, I'll give you what's on the box. And I, at first, the first thing I want to do is I want you to tell me what you think the plot of the game is, and then I will tell you what the real plot of the game is, and then we can talk about it. So the first game that I chose is a game that most people are familiar with. It's Metal Gear Solid 4 Guns of the Patriots. So Metal Gear Solid 4 Guns of the Patriots released in 2008 on the PlayStation 3. Um, It's a Hideo Kojima game. Tell me what you think the game's about. 2008. Let's see. Metal Gear Solid 4 Guns of the Patriots. I have my first girlfriend. At the time, so um, probably wasn't playing games. <laughs> Metal Gear Solid Guns of the Patriots. I'm going to assume it takes place in America, mm. and we got some guns from some Patriots. <laughs> so the South <laughs> uh, has risen, maybe, for some reason. The South has risen, and mm. n- maybe not. The American Patriots are getting taken over by a, an outside evil force. And then we've got those guns and given them to the main character. The guy, he has one eye and one arm. No arms. <laughs> he has one eye, I know that. And his name is Snape. Okay. And he um, can, like, hide in cardboard boxes. And he's, mm-hmm. like, really stealthy. And you probably are going to use the Patriot gun. To mm. like disarm a nuclear bomb or something, maybe, and free the president. It's like, it's like Olympus has fallen, but you have one eye. Well, you started really cold, and you started to get a little warm there at the end. And believe it or not, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to read you some pieces of the plot from Wikipedia, and I want you to comment on them. All right, are you ready? Uh huh. Okay. Set five years after the events of Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty. Okay, where are we at? Where does that put us? I don't know what that means. Hang on, I'll get there. This is just a, this is just a flyover, and then I'll get into the, into the weeds a little bit. The Sons of Liberty. Yeah, that was the subtitle of number two. Okay, that was a group in the Revolutionary War. Yeah. Set five years after the events of Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty. The story centers around a prematurely aged Solid Snake, now known as <clears throat> excuse me, now known as Old Snake. As Wait, got, what does what does prematurely aged mean? So he in the game, he's his body is he's an old he's got an old man's body, but he's uh, he's not that old. 
Okay. So uh, he has like body dementia? <laughs> yeah, it's like Benjamin Button sort of. Okay. Okay. God, I wouldn't have guessed that in my plot. Prematurely aged Solid Snake, now known as Old Snake, as he goes on one last mission to assassinate his nemesis, Liquid Snake, who now inhabits oh the God. body who now inhabits the body of his former henchman, Revolver Ocelot. Okay, uh, time. Time. There's uh-huh. two snakes. Yes. So And one is liquid. Yes, Liquid Snake and Solid Snake are brothers. Oh All right, well, why is there a gas snake? <laughs> Not yet. Why is he called Liquid Snake? Is that just his name, or is it like a trait? Yeah, no, it's just a name. It's not a trait. Okay, so how did he get into the other body? Uh, so Was he dead? I'll, hopefully I'll talk about that. Who now inhabits the body of his former henchman, Revolver Ocelot. Under the Who guy- named these guys? Under the, well, it's made by Hideo Kojima. Under the guise of Liquid Ocelot. No, but there's two Ocelots? So Liquid Snake now inhabits the body of his of Revolver Ocelot. He's now the, Liquid Ocelot. He's, he's now Liquid Ocelot. Yes. Sorry. Okay. So before Liquid Ocelot takes, uh, Snake must assassinate him before Liquid Ocelot takes control of the Sons of the Patriots, an AI system that controls the activities of PMCs, private military corporations, What's world, P- oh, okay. private private military corporations worldwide. Mm-hmm. All right, that's the flyover. Let's get into the plot here. So the setting. Guns of the Patriots is set in 2014, nine years after the events of the original Metal Gear Solid and five years after Metal Gear Solid 2. The world's economy in this in this universe relies on continuous civil wars fought by PMCs, which outnumber government military forces, which I think might actually be true in in some countries, like there's more PMC forces on the ground than actual government military. Anyway, soldiers are equipped with nano machines that monitor and enhance their performance on the battlefield. Controlled, like in their blood? Correct. Controlled by a vast network known as the Sons of the Patriots system. Revolver Ocelot, missing since the events of Metal Gear Solid 2, is possessed by the will of Liquid Snake. Wait, so we didn't have him for a whole game. Yes. And I'm supposed to remember that? Yes. <laughs> Ten years later? Yes. Okay, that's not going to ha- I'm not going to remember that. <laughs> so Revolver Ocelot is now possessed by the will of Liquid Snake, Solid Snake's, the Solid Snake's brother. And li- he reemerges from hiding to launch, an in- to launch an insurrection against the Patriots, a secret cabal which manipulates global affairs from the shadows. So kind of mm-hmm. like, like the Illuminati. When did Liquid Snake die? Uh, I don't, I think he died at his, I'm not sure. Maybe we'll get to that. I can't remember. If he didn't die, then what happened to his old body when he inhabited yeah. um, Brock Osweiler or whatever his name was? Right. So I think he may have died in one. I'm not sure. Um, Solid Snake, meanwhile, the protagonist, is experiencing accelerated aging and has about a year left to live. He is living on board the airplane Nomad with Dr. Hal Otacon Emmerich and Olga Gerlukovich's daughter, Sonny, a child prodigy in computer programming. Since the aftermath of the Big Shell incident, which is Metal Gear Solid 2. Is the Nomad just fly around incessantly? Yes, it's like the ship from the Avengers. Okay, and then what's the Big Shell? Do they get shelled? The Big or Shell like... incident, there was a oil rig um, that oh, they called the Big 
no, that they called the big shell where they were uh, housing uh, a version of Metal Gear. Wait, what is Metal Gear? It's a big mech, like, super weapon. Like, it's a mech that can fire nuclear weapons, basically. So it's like a missile silo? Yeah, it's like a robot that can shoot nuclear missiles. But we have to have this human with Benjamin Button disease stop everything, but we have that. Correct. That doesn't make sense. <clears throat> well, that's the bad guys have that. The bad, guy, the bad guys have Metal Gear. But he's called Metal Gear. The game's called Metal Gear Solid. He doesn't work for Metal Gear. No, Metal Gear is just a piece of technology. He's called Solid Snake. Yes, that's his code name. What does Metal Gear Solid mean? Uh, because so Metal Gear, and then I think they just combined because the guy's name was Solid Snake, so they just made it Metal Gear Solid because it sounded cool. Uh huh. <laughs> so <laughs> since the aftermath of the big show incident in Metal Gear Solid Two, Raiden, who's another character that you play only as him in one of the games, right? Yeah, and and, and Metal Gear Solid Two. Cool. Uh, Raiden has drifted away from Rose, who had apparently suffered a miscarriage with their child and gone to live with the former commander, Colonel Royal Roy Campbell. And Raiden has become a cyborg ninja fighting against the Patriots. Jesus Christ, there's so <laughs> many fucking characters. <laughs> Meryl, Meryl Silverberg commands a PMC inspection unit in the U.S. military, which includes Johnny Sasaki, who is Raiden. Well, I thought Raiden was a cyborg. He is, but he goes by Johnny Sasaki, kind of like, you know, Raiden is his alias, like Solid Snake is the alias for the main guy. Um, but he's still a cyborg. Raiden is a cyborg, yes. Yeah, so he's a, so he's Ronda Rousey, isn't she a cyborg? <laughs> it's like cyberpunk, but like 12 years early. Well, this uh, is already more interesting than that. Yes. Let's see. I'm going to try to sum this up for you in a way. So you know how it ends. Uh, Metal Gear Solid 4 meaning. Let's see if I can go to the last paragraph here. When do you get to be in cardboard boxes? The whole game. The whole game. So he's like part cat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So if you haven't played Metal Gear Solid 4 and you plan on doing it, this is spoiler territory coming up so turn the podcast off pause it fast forward it whatever but we're about to spoil spoil the ending of the game for you so i'm going to skip ahead you can just you can just understand that there's a lot of political intrigue and we're you know we're fighting guys and sneaking around and stuff right you got it yeah yeah that's that sounds like most games yeah so the metal gear is called rex and has a railgun in this game anyway so we, we just named the Metal Gear thing? Yeah, they have different names. There's different versions. This one's Rex. So are there different like oil rigs set up that are like metal rigs? There's different facilities. There's different facilities around the world. So in the first game, the facility was in Alaska. Okay, so you're going to different facilities in each game. Um, yeah, in a way. All right, so we're at the end of the game, okay? They're, he, Snake is trying to save the world. So, seizing the moment, it serves again, spoilers, seizing the moment, it services to launch the nuke. Snake, Meryl, and Johnny, which is riding the cyborg board, 
a ship via catapults. The ship, the the Metal Gear's on a ship. When Snake arrives at the core to shut to shut it down, he uses Otacon's robot to install a computer virus code, coded by Naomi and Sonny into Liquid's Trojan AI. So Liquid got into the Ocelot guy via an AI, and it now destroys <clears throat> now destroys not only the core AI but the entire Patriot AI network controlling that controls the global affairs as well while leaving the bare necessities for modern civilization to survive. The destruction of the Patriots brings the war economy to a halt and foils their plan to impose Sons of the Patriots' nanomachines technology on the civilian populations worldwide. After passing out in the core room, Snake awakens atop Outer Haven's tower to find Liquid, Ocelot. Liquid explains that he allowed the virus to be installed, knowing it would achieve his goal of destroying the Patriots. So Liquid, <laughs> Liquid wanted to destroy the Patriots all along. <laughs> Liquid says he still has a score to settle with Snake, and the two engage in a final fist fight. Time before we get to that. Uh-huh. So they got on the they got on the rig with uh-huh. a catapult. Yes. So they wrote they flew. Yes. And landed. Yes. And then we put this virus in with a USB drive. Yes. And Liquid <clears throat> Snake's like, "Hey, bro, I did that shit to delete it." <laughs> right, I'm on. I wanted to do the same shit all along, but it doesn't then matter. We're still gonna. Why fight. did he let him? Then why did he let him do that? Why didn't he just do it? I, I don't know. That doesn't make it. Why would you? That's a lot of extra steps. <laughs> you just hit delete. Uh. So, in a final fist, the two engage in a final fist fight with Snake emerging, emerging victorious over Liquid Ocelot. Liquid becomes Revolver Ocelot once again. Before dying. Oh, so that's he, nice for him. So he reverts back to Revolver Ocelot before he dies. Uh huh. So and that's how the game ends. There's a post. There's a post credit scene that won't won't really make a whole lot of sense, but um, there's some more like you know twists and turns at the end there. But uh, where did Liquid Snake go? Uh, so Liquid was an AI in the nano machine technology that was in Revolver Ocelot that was controlling him. How did the AI install itself if the human that wanted it installed was already dead? Uh, that I don't. I'm not clear on that. That's a good question. I'm not real clear on how that happened. But so I played four games to delete this thing, and my brother could have done it the whole time, <laughs> or he could have been on my team. And we, could have, we could have probably done it in two games. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Hmm. <laughs> and that Travis is Metal Gear Solid Four. Guns of the Patriots, in a nutshell, and that has like a nine point nine or something. It has a, yeah, it's it has a, it has multiple tens, multiple perfect scores. Uh, it's one of my favorite games ever, and it's just really cinematic, and it's got one of the best endings ever in a video game. When you're on top of this ship and you're in the fist fight with uh, Liquid, uh, and it's it's just awesome. It's really cool, really cinematic. So. Started off with a doozy because I knew that it would throw you for a loop, and you wouldn't believe you wouldn't believe how it all goes down. So, hopefully, I did it justice. We'll wrap up the episode talking about what we have coming up this week in video games. So, what are you uh, what are you playing this week? What uh, do you have any races you're going to do? Do you have any kind of milestones or anything that you're going after? I probably won't race until I finish my racing wall beside the rig. I don't like to uh, race unless everything is in order. 
for some reason, really particular about it. Um, let's see. Um, I still don't have the vector yet, so eventually mm-hmm. I'll get there. Um, I'd like to beat Dying Light this week at some point. That would be at least at least get to the where we can dune buggy over zombies. Yeah, hopefully we can play that tonight with the guys. Yeah, if if everybody's on and not trying to get their hundredth platinum, hopefully we can go ahead and get that done. Uh, anything else you're gonna play this week? Probably not. That's that's probably good enough for me. That'll yeah, keep me busy. So I plan on playing Red Dead Online. Obviously, got to get my daily challenges. Uh, I'll probably definitely mix in some Modern Warfare with the guys. And like Travis said, we'll try to work our way through Dying Light and get that finished and onto the DLC because I'm anxious to see kind of how that plays and what that's about. Mm -hmm. They actually announced a a new DLC package for Dying Light today after the game's been out for, I think, five years at this point. So 33 or four? How many are there right now? Uh, There's just the one. Well, no, there's more than that. I'm not sure, but... Um, yeah, they're, they're we're still releasing content for the game five years later. So, well, their guy, they the guy on the team just got accused of sexual assault, so they had to release something. Yeah, they had to cover it up, right? <laughs> yeah. Ch- change directions. Yeah, maybe uh, he'll um, <clears throat> transform and put his AI into another man, and he can get completely. <laughs> uh, that's good. So, uh, also, I'll I'm hoping to make a take a big chunk out of The Last of Us Two this week. Uh, hopefully, I'm I'll get a, a lot in this weekend so I can. Make a pretty good uh, dent into that. It's, I can't wait to play that some more. And uh, I think that's I think that's about it. I might mix in a little bit of steep. Uh, I randomly play the Vita. Like I'll just play it for a few minutes in bed or something. So mm-hmm. um, I'll probably do that as well. And that should be it. So and we're done. That's all we got this week, Travis. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll try to do better next week. Just a quick housekeeping note: we are trying to upgrade our audio setup so hopefully in the near future we'll have some new microphones and stuff we'll sound clearer and uh, everything for you guys and yeah we're trying to upgrade it a little bit so just bear with us on that and uh, don't forget to subscribe uh, rate us and share us with a friend and we'll hope to see you next week and hope that you tune in for it for episode three